0: you're listening to a podcast from the media motel coming up this week in episode 626 a beatles special the new single reviewed the red and blue albums reissued a new documentary about john lennon and a new biography of george harrison that's all coming up after the beatles and now and then
1: their 63rd single and some say possibly their last from the upcoming 1967 to 1970 blue album um, the re-released expanded edition the Beatles and now and then
2: I think that is the last Beatles single in the same way that many tours have been Elton John's last (laughs) ever tour personally (laughs) but who knows Were we told you see, I can only sort of remember the Farrago at the time. Well, we told that Free as a Bird and Real Love were there, Absolutely. was their last single. That was
1: it. There was to be no more. There was nothing left in the vault.
2: But, that, but then, then we didn't have was. AI then, did we? we so, um no. So, no, I, um, well, could, well, you know, what more can one say that hasn't been said already? Let's try after the jump.
1: Indeed. Uh, yes. Welcome to Parish Council, episode 626. It's a Beatles special. Hooray. Right. Uh, I'm Terence Stackham. And well, it is the question on everyone's lips. I know it is. Is she going to release a final mix using machine learning technology? Let's ask Juliet Harris.
2: Well, do you know, that would be nice, wouldn't it? If I could get something else to do smooth sailing. Although I, I must say, I was listening. I was cooking dinner the other night and I could pick... Um, I picked a song I wanted to hear. I picked Get It Right Next Time by Jerry Rafferty, which I love on Spotify. And Spotify then did its thing where it gave me songs afterwards. And it was the best episode of smooth sailing I've ever heard. (laughs) So Terrence, it was an excellent selection of music without me quacking on. So maybe that is the future. Hello, everybody.
1: A, a, a lot of people have been asking me um, to ask you another question as well. It's a bonus one this week. Oh, and go a lot on. Of, I mean, it's been in the press. You've probably seen yourself um, you know, talked about in the press. Um, I do wonder
2: are, who those people were in the bushes with yeah, cameras they had, outside. They've been saying,
1: can you ask Juliet? has she been ordered to demolish her £2 million spa uh, extension
2: complex? Indeed. I mean, I, I wish that I bless him. I love my dad, but I cannot see him doing 100 laps of the garden. So, um, So I do feel that realistically... I think it's a shame, really. Although I did notice that um, a friend of mine posted on Facebook that Captain Sir Tom, or whatever we're meant to call him, yeah. I got all the titles muddled up. But anyway, I have no gripe with him as a person, can I just point out? Mm-hmm. But um, his uh, family's enterprise that they've embarked upon uh, Captain <laughs> Sir Tom. Gold plated poppies um, available on their website, discounted from twenty nine ninety nine to a, a more reasonable six ninety nine now. So I'd buy four if I were you, Sir Terence. Do
1: you know all of these? All of these things, like um, Captain Tom doing his hundred laps and bless him, not as you say, not against him mm. personally, but clearly the family. I'm against them, but also um, anything like that, like charity singles, Red Nose Day comic release. Yes always 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 it's asking people with the, on the lowest incomes yes. to cough up money when it really should be um, governments getting money from Amazon, uh, Bezos, Apple, you know, you name it. Or taxing people paying properly. no That's taxes exactly. Whatsoever. Exactly. And yet yeah. it's these things like Captain Tom and, as I said, are aimed at the people sitting on their sofa that are like struggling to get by and they think, oh, we'll spare two pounds. No, it shouldn't come from exactly. them. It should come from you know, the, the tax dodgers.
2: I, I very much agree. And as I commented last night to my girlfriend, we were watching uh, – master chef i think and they had a thing on afterwards about about it and um a a children in need advert and i said to her do you remember the days when we used to raise money for things like children in need for children that lived in countries other than our own and she said Mm. yes i remember that
1: Mm, quite now we should say juliet for the Mm. more um carefully tuned in listener. They might notice that your voice is just a little bit scratching. So we're going to try and get through this. We will. We will.
2: Daniel Beddingfield, we've got to get through this. So my apologies if I'm offending any oral sensibilities this
1: week. It's really good of you to come along and, uh, and uh, yes
2: it's been, huge, it's been a huge it's been a long trip from the kitchen to the, the, to the kitchen, spare room to the, Terrence, the, the yes. spare
1: room yes so there we are now and then described by Apple as we say like the last Beatles song constructed from a demo that Yoko passed on to Paul in 1994 it seems the same tape that brought forward Free as a Bird and Real Love yes. but we know those songs were easier to create with the technology in the mid-1990s mm. they were released in 95, 96 respectively it needed new technology available only very recently for Peter Jackson to be able to isolate the vocal of John Lennon and separately the piano and to take out all the hiss and noise from the scratchy demo cassette tape recorded in 1977 now its release is also something of a marketing tool i mentioned earlier it'll be added to the expanded and remixed reissue Mm. of the beatles 67 to 70 and the other side of the single love me do again more marketing it's from the equally expanded remixed and reissued the beatles 62 to 66 they're both better known as the blue and red albums talking about them a bit later so that's the background but the key question jules is this the Beatles. Now and then, is it any good?
2: It is quite good, actually. I must say, I really quite enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, <clears throat> I thought it was, it had a really nice sort of a nostalgic kind mm. of melancholy to it, which I think really very much fitted the sort of the the atmos in which it's to release. Can I just put it on record that I hate the the uh, the art? I think the cover art is mm, dreadful. It is. Um, someone described it on Twitter as looking like the opening titles of a gentle sitcom featuring Anton Rogers in the <laughs> 1980s, which I thought was spot on. And yes, I know that it's meant to represent things and people have put it that yeah. it's meant to, the black edging is meant to look like the stripes on the zebra yeah. crossing. I just think it's awful. But I think the song itself is really not bad at all. And like you say, amazing that they managed to use this machine assisted whatever it is technology to separate off vo- uh, Lennon's vocal from the piano because it couldn't be heard it's, it's an amazing achievement and it's a really pretty good song I love Free as a Bird that is that is my favorite of the new songs mm-hmm. um and I've grown to like li- real love more actually having heard it a lot this week because we listened to the Excellent Eras podcast and that the BBC have put out and that is really very good and having Watched uh, The Beatles at the BBC on Saturday evening that was on um the Beatles and the BBC, I think it was on BBC Two. Um, I've heard it much more and I like it is, I'm more than I than I did. But I would put Now and Then as a sort of middle, solid, good comeback effort. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very gentle song and quite poignant when you think about Lennon writing it in the Dakota building in the late 1970s. I think it works well. I think
1: inevitably because of the nature of the song it's it's one of Lennon's mid-70s sort of wistful songs as you say obviously it doesn't feel like a grand ending and then it's just oh you know (coughs) a big big bashy little little loud crashing ending it's yearning, a bit melancholic but um, the bit that really saves it for me, or saves it for me, a bit I really like about it, is Mm. the very Beatley 1967-ish string arrangements. Yes, they're lovely Yeah, it's like Shadows of Sergeant Pepper and in particular I Am the Walrus, the kind of stabbing violin sounds but um so of course course the thing is there's such a pang in hearing them all together, and the song video plays even more mm. of an hardship, I think, by bringing all four of them together along with clips from the past, you know, gradually taking us back to the 1950s. I wonder when the fuss dies down um, now and then, will it? I think it'll be seen as a sort of sweet coda to the Beatles yes. story. But as a standalone song, I don't think it'll find its way onto many people's sort of Beatles playlist top 20 or whatever. Probably not, but, uh, no. And the on a deer carried out equally pleasantly.
2: Yes, I agree. I think that's well put.
1: Coming next in our latest Beatles special, a new documentary on the death of John Lennon is on the way, and uh, as, as I said, we'll be we'll examine those new reissues of the Beatles Red and Blue albums, and that's uh, next after Besnold Lakes. I've
3: got a
2: Probably one of my favourite covers of the Beatles. Uh, Mojo did loads of cover mounts um, back in the day, about 10 years ago, I think, over a sort of period of time of getting lots of uh, artists of the day to cover all of the Beatles albums. And they they did them, I can't remember if they did them in order or not, but certainly they did the tracks in order on the cover mount. And that was taken from the Let It Be um, sort of recovered version. And I love that. That's a, an excellent believe they're Canadian, I think. There's a husband and wife team mm. behind them. They're the Besnard Lakes. Um, and that was, I have got a feeling.
1: I didn't know Mojo did that. I'm going to seek those out. That sounds like a cracking.
2: Mm, they're idea. very good. Yeah. They're very, very um,
1: good. I really like that track. Crystal clear voice. And I like, i love the power drill guitars going on to sort of supplement it. There's a really good choice. And as I and say, like the, the fact that
2: they, they found the She Gaze within the Beatles, which very few people have found. And I admired <laughs> yes. that enormously. Yes. Who knew that
1: the Beatles invented guys, Not me. Next <laughs> uh, month it'll be 43 years since John Lennon was murdered as he arrived Goodness back. Goodness me! I know. With Yoko to his home at the Dakota buildings in New York City, of course his family lost a husband and father, and who knows what might have happened musically. Mm. Um, Mark Chapman fired the gun in December 1980, and although a lot has been written and discussed in the media ever since, Apple TV are producing a new three-part documentary, mm. John Lennon. Mern Murder Without a Trial, which is a bizarre title, I think, Uh, but uh, they're sure
2: there was one, wasn't there?
1: (laughs) Well, there was for for Chapman, but I suppose they mean that. uh, I don't know what it quite means. Does it mean Lennon didn't get a trial before Chapman murdered him? I don't know. It's a very strange title. Um, Doesn't make sense to me. There's been a lot of um, investment in this three part series, which is due to air uh, in 2024. New footage, new photos, eyewitness accounts, and perhaps oddly, and certainly intriguingly, interviews with Chapman's psychiatrists, along with uh, various lawyers, detectives and prosecutors. I will almost certainly watch this, Jules, but there's something that makes me feel a little (coughs) uncomfortable about saying so.
2: Yes, I I can understand that. I mean, Yoko Ono did not participate in this, will not give any comment in this, which makes me think... I I just I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch this, to be honest, Mm. because why is it being made? What is the point? We all you know, Chapman has been repeatedly denied parole. Yoko Ono has repeatedly stated that she wants him to remain in prison, which I completely understand. Mm. Um, What is the point? I don't think Chapman has denied that he did it. Why does this need to be raked over again? What is the point? We all know the headline of this, which is that uh, uh, someone that was mentally disturbed, shot and killed john lennon what is what is why why are we here i don't see who it is that wants or need this really sir terence
1: i think it's very telling as you say that indeed that this documentary does not have the approval of yoko and she doesn't participate in it um i I mean i think probably her health would preclude that these days anyway, yes but, probably um, yeah i think you, you're right i think it's, as far as um, we know yoko frequently requests that chapman is refused parole yes and I, i'm guessing that this documentary won't help the lennon ono family at all but uh, no. it, it will spark interest worldwide of course it will
2: well, of course it will because they, i mean you know they've done their market research haven't they presumably yeah. there are people out there that want this but i don't understand them sir terence
1: one of the last actions the beatles sometime manager alan klein took before he was sacked um much against paul's wishes at the time was to release two best of albums known as the red and blue Mm. albums for simplification um they were designed of course for the format of the time which is of course vinyl, which in itself naturally limited the number of tracks that could be included Mm. the new collections expand each of the collections the original versions they always seem to me to be compiled rather oddly, I must say. And the new versions mm. seem to add some of the vital missing links. But, George, again, the thing is, apart from, of course, generating more profit from worldwide Beatles completists, what's the point in these reissues?
2: Well, it's funny this, isn't it? I, I'm going to slightly defend this uh, with what little voice I have left. On <laughs> the basis that um, so my, I know a lot of people of my age and my era whose first introduction to the Beatles were on the red and blue compilations. So my oh, friends, okay. my, my my parents' friend, my mum's friend, did a copy for them on a C ninety tape, an orange uh, T D K tape. Remember those? I so do. it was the orange album for me, the orange and black <laughs> album. But and they uh, they gave me that. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, I loved them. I just fell in love with them brilliantly. And I was saying this some someone the other day. And then the next po- point at which I got into the Beatles was a cousin of mine had that readers digest box set have you ever come across that oh, it's got I, eight I do i know eight what records you mean. It's in it really yeah. this um and they're not and they're they're sort of the albums and sort of not they're in a mm. sort of a vague order um and and i Had tape copies of that and listened to that constantly. And eventually, as as I got older, and this is the crucial point I'm making here, as I got older and got lots of disposable income, I started to buy all the different formats of Mm. the individual albums. These compilations, people are very sniffy and sneery at compilations and best of. For lots of young people from um, families from a certain background they can't afford to buy all the albums and they might not have interest in buying all the albums because they might be busy trying to keep going. Okay. So I think that actually best ofs are great. And I particularly, as a starting point, if I was going to want to buy a young person in my some albums for Christmas, I think you, I, I, I take your point about them being a bit oddly compiled, but you could do a lot worse than the mm. Red and Blue albums. So actually, I think. Mm. Now they 've been expanded if they've been expanded on c d say or download with extra versions i'd buy that for a young person for Christmas because I think mm. it's a really good introduction. I know that obviously now young people stream things, but um I think it's a think think it's a really good thing
1: I suppose there's always interesting in remixes and um all the yeah, tracks on these yes. two collections have been remixed most of them twenty twenty three. um I'm, I, I, in, in an age of streaming mm. um I'm, I, I, you know, we, this is compiled a, a list of tracks in a particular order, but yes. you and I could go to Spotify, Amazon Prime, Tidal, name your own choice of streaming service, and Make our own, but I do take that point. I think it's a very strong point about it being a fantastic introduction to um, anybody who hasn't heard a great raft of pieces of work, and of course anybody who can't afford to buy exactly. get hold of all the umps, And of course, it's it's and, great. And, and
2: I suspect that they are that they're you know they're very shrewd, aren't they, in how they market these things. And I suspect they're aiming at people like me who haven't quite fallen in with the fact that young people can now stream things mm. and buy them. So, so I suspect that grandparents throughout the land might be inclined to buy this yes. for young people in their lives, particularly young people acquiring record players. My friends that run a record shop say that um quite often parents and grandparents will come in around Christmas time and buy Dark Side of the Moon or Rumors mm. or, you know, those big yes, sorts of or, or you know, or, or some of the Beatles and Sergeant Pepper say. And actually I don't know if they still do this but Sainsbury's rather offensively in my view had a, was selling records at one point and they had it in a sort of a display in our local Sainsbury's our local big Saino's mm. that had a display that called itself a record store which I found very <laughs> offensive not least because they were selling all of the standard albums I remember friends random another shop saying this is really hurting us because we can always guarantee that if people come in they might not spend 26 quid on the new whatever album but if we can price rumours up for 13 quid they will probably walk away with that and they said that sainsbury's by doing this are going after us and our bread and butter stuff so yeah. so yes but i uh, know i i would fall i would fall for this i would buy a young person the red or blue mm. album on on cd or vinyl if i was particularly related to them because i think that uh, yeah i think that would be a, a good present and i suspect that lots of people will do the same Hmm. Well coming
1: right up we've got uh, we're talking about Philip Norman's new biography on George Harrison Mm -hmm. and how Danny Baker has summed up the Beatles solo careers but is he right? Mm, find, after, him. <laughs> find out after uh, from that remixed blue album, this is um taken from the upcoming release, um the remixed version of uh, with the Beatles and Penny Lane.
0: Penny Lane there is a barber showing photographs of every head he's had the pleasure to know.
1: Yes, that new mix sounds very good indeed. Uh, Doesn't, it? Doesn't
2: it? Doesn't well, it? Does. It one, sounds one my, great.
1: Yeah, it's one of my very, very favourite Beatles songs. It seems to sum up the whole sort of optimistic, colourful yes. world of sunshine pop mid-sixties style um number it's one a on joy
2: billboard, isn't it an absolute joy. joy
1: number one on billboard number two in the uk from 1967 the beatles and penny lane
2: it's, it's exuberance that i love about that and the lovely trumpets halfway through yes and it's just it's great isn't it we were talking earlier um <coughs> well to quote the beginning of within without you we were talking um mm-hmm. earlier mm-hmm. during during dinner trying to decide which is better sergeant pepper revolve and this is an argument i'm sure we can have another time but um I'd, musically, I love the sonic invention of Revolver, but Sergeant Pepper is is itself extremely inventive. And by the way, if no, if people didn't see it on Saturday night, they repeated Howard Goodall's excellent walkthrough oh, of the Sergeant yes. Pepper sounds. That was
1: good, yes,
2: fantastic, and it was obviously released when we looked at the end. I fell in, of course, it was released in twenty seventeen for the mm. the fiftieth anniversary of Pepper, but um, mm. it's fantastic, but. the the joy of sergeant pepper it's such a joyful album it's so playful and and all of the sort of sound samples and the the zoo at the end of good morning and it's it's just it's just a lot of fun i'm a big fan of it but yes penny lane really does bounce along and and Mm. and makes the world makes the ordinary world sound very inviting doesn't it
1: really does yeah i mentioned recently that was i was at a book launch in london recently and it Mm. was for it was for Leslie Ann Jones' new book on Paul McCartney and mm. his time with wings. It's called Fly Away, Paul. Mm. And uh, I said it a couple of weeks ago. I was sitting next to drummer extraordinaire Clem Coutini. Mm. But literally immediately behind me was Philip Norman, who has written biographies of the Beatles, John Lennon, Paul McCartney, amongst many others, and he's now out and about publicising his latest. And what he told me, he said it would be his last book. He's 80. He said he's he's not going to complete the set. He's done Lennon McCartney. Um, he's just about. Uh, he's just written one about George. He said he, he doesn't feel he's got the energy to do Ringo. But he told me it was his last book. George Harrison, the reluctant Beetle. And it's often written that George actually came from the poorest background background of the four Beatles, but it's arguable and probable even um that his family were the warmest and most supportive we talked recently mm. about how his mother louise spent hours and hours yes replying to fans in the kindest way but here we go again philip norman's book was written without the cooperation of olivia mm. or danny and this may be explained um but the obituary that uh, philip norman wrote when oh, george God. died yes. which is- it was extremely unflattering. It, it, it was included, dreadful. I don't believe
2: was, that. I can't believe that ever
1: happened. Horrible. Who let it, that inc- through? I know. It, he included this recollection from 1965: "quote I thought at the time he looked a bit of a miserable git, but I did not dream how right I was." I mean, what a think to put in a in a a, a bit Just horrible. Really. Perhaps then, yeah, we can understand the family keeping their distance. But Jules it has to be said that Philip Norman, though he was there through the sixties and seventies, and sh- should be able to shed light, perhaps unfavourably I fear it will be, on The Quiet Beetle.
2: The, I, I feel about Philip Norman in the same way as a friend of mine recently was talking about which presented of BBC Radio 4's news programme today they enjoyed and which they did not enjoy. and he's And this friend of mine said, the thing that I can't stand about Justin Webb is that he's always got his own axe to grind and he's determined to bring it into whatever interview he is doing. And I feel the same about Philip Norman, I'll be frank. So <clears throat> having read Shout, the uh, the, mm. author, the sort of biography, I find his, I find that he has a pre, I found, I thought he was particularly mm. rude about McCartney in that as well, to be fair, as well as Harrison. Mm. I just find Philip Norman I'd I'd have more respect for his writing if he was more open about the fact that he was writing from a personal viewpoint and a personal opinion rather than claiming to write a sort of a definitive story when I think that he writes a lot of opinion rather than facts. I've I, I really struggled. I feel that his own agendas are often brought into things. I could have this wrong, but this is the impression mm. that I've got mm. from reading Shout, from reading um the, the the mean-spirited and appalling biographer. Though for me, the main failure was the editor that let that through. Mm. I should never, I should never mm. have left the editor's desk. It was dreadful. Yes. And yes, I'm not very keen on the idea of reading this. I might end up reading this... If it turned up in one of those two ninety nine bins mm. in the works, then I might well end up, you know, you know what I mean. I might end you up do. picking it up. If it was on offer at an airport and I had nothing else to do, I might pick it up. But um, I'm not keen on on I'm not keen on people that claim to be objective when they're not, and I feel that is a a failing of Philip Norman's. And I I don't really want to go near this as a result and it's it's not usual and, and ironically I'm grinding my own axe here aren't I and saying oh I've hated all this other stuff so I'm not going to read this so maybe I'm hoist by my own petard here I don't know but I'm not keen
1: no I, as i say i had a little chat with him i mean this was a really um a, a funny event because as i say clementini one side then i had uh, my partner next to me and next to us two was um singer songwriter and producer barry blue because um, you really
2: did you really you know, do have a show of his
1: life <laughs> we turned around and we were talking to um to philip norman and he did he, he did say that anyone who buys this book won't finish it believing um, George's reputation has been sort of enhanced upwards. Mm. He said there he's put in a lot of detail about his uh, poor treatment of Patty Boyd and mm. um, his philandering. Now, I remember Philip Norman the other week actually used that word. It's his philandering mm. as um, uh, carrying on after his marriage to Olivia. And it's mixed in, I think, with a, a sprinkling of character assassination. So I would say be aware or beware before purchase. Um, I think
2: so. And also, why? Why do that? You know, he died years ago. He's beloved around the world. What's, Mm -hmm. unless it's something involving. Horrendous criminal abuse like no, Savile Why it's why, it's... Di, why dig it up why, mm. Apart from wanting to make money off it It, it offends me It really does yeah, no, no,
1: no, I understand um, Jaws I sent you this in advance um, mm. this, uh, About this tweet uh, From Danny Baker I'm going to read it out But I did yes. send it to you So you could see it in advance It's about the Beatles uh, mm. And their post-breakup solo work And I'll read It's a very short tweet I'll just read it out in full uh, George solo, George, sorry, George's solo albums by and large are not very good. <laughs> John's likewise. Ringo's we smilingly indulge, but Paul's Paul's records, well, now you're talking. McCartney, the blessed one. End of quote. Um, mm. George, Danny Baker, he's
2: spot on, isn't he? I mean, far be it from me to uh, interfere with the word of God, of course, big fan it, it, of Daddy Bay, because everybody it, it obviously should be. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, well, George Harrison, I would, I would take slight issue with him on George mm-hmm. Harrison on the basis that George Harrison made one really good album, which was called All Things Must Pass, wow. and was a triple album, and that was excellent, and unfortunately... That, that was the only album he had in him. He really should have made three good albums and then so rather than making, you know, a massive even, album. even
1: that had filler on it. Yes, yeah, that's George, true. you talked that's about true. it at the reissue, didn't we?
2: That's very true. I'm not, I don't deny that. But so he does have an album that is very good, I mm. would say. Um, John Lennon, yes, I've never taken that much interest, although I think that one of the best things John Lennon was involved with, ironically, was not him, his, his own record, he did a lot of the backing for Yoko Ono's Walking on Thin Ice, which is a fantastic yeah. record in my view. So I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Um, Yes, we I think when we talked about Beatles solo albums, I had a look back through our archive. We did a Beatles special in January 2022, I believe, and we had a look at some Beatles solo albums then. And both of us were rather charmed of bukua Blues by, uh, by Ringo Starr. I enjoyed that much Ooh, more yes. than I thought I would, actually. I thought it was lovely. So I think that Ringo's solo work yeah. is rather undersung actually I don't think it is um, I I don't think it might not be earth shattering but I think it's underappreciated so I disagree with him on that slightly Um, Paul McCartney is the best you'll get no argument from me at all I love Paul McCartney's solo work and his work with Wings as well which is sort of solo work but sort of not but the Wings the, uh, the solo stuff that he's done I could name you five or six albums of his that I really love
1: yeah, I was going to dismiss Ringo's work, but of course you're quite right. I'd forgotten Buku and Blues, and um we were delighted so, didn't we? Both I of us by really You're right. Um, I, I, again, I totally agree with about George. Uh, partial gray album with All Things much past and then maybe uh, gone, gone back to the gardening. Then I think really. Um, I, I, just can't think people play the later albums really because they are very negative misery driven moany although
2: Um, he did have his lovely his lovely moment in the sun with got my mind set on you in 1987 that was that's a cracking single but it is a single isn't it
1: it is i suppose one could do a sort of best of playlist or compilation for george
2: yes
1: john i, I, I was checking this this afternoon john lennon released 11 studio albums wow
2: now, that's a lot more than i would. well, have you, s- well you
1: see jules I, exactly that was i thought oh gosh 11 mm. but three of them were unlistable no, because there was sort of yoko wailing weren't they okay, L- yeah. what was it life with the lions and oh and uh, two, virgins of two virgins as, virgins, as yeah, well yes those, yeah. um sometime in new york city is totally unlistable same more or less the same reason and it was described i looked up a review of sometime in new york city uh artistic suicide rolling stone called it um Accident. so we're up to about four or five albums there rock and roll tedious album of covers uh really mm-hmm. just um i think that was a contract filler um so but they, yes now let's just look at paul very quickly 56 solo uh wow. uk top 40 singles
2: Incredible. 40, That's just incredible, isn't
1: it? Twenty-four solo UK top forty studio albums. Wow. And then, just to to underline the point, just before we started, um, I oh I, straight off the top of my head, genuinely, I wrote down ten Paul McCartney. Um, songs from his solo career. Hmm. Band on the Run, Maybe I'm Amazed, Backseat of My Car, Live and Let Die, Listen to What the Man Said, Jet, Bluebird, Silly Love Songs, With a Little Luck, My Love. And, you know, you, we could have picked 30 or 40.
2: I would but have put Let him in on that list as well. I exactly. Mean, you know, fantastic. You Did you pick Coming Up on yours?
1: No, you see. Or 12. Temporary Secretary. Yeah. They're
2: both amazing.
1: Yeah. 13, it just goes on. I mean, it really is never-ending. So, Paul is all
2: Absolutely, uh, I agree, particularly. And I think we'll play a number off it at the end. A big mm-hmm. fan of Flaming Pie was d- discussing this at dinner earlier and uh, explaining uh, with someone who'd never heard any McCartney solo albums, and me I'm saying nice. that that was the uh, sort of Fair play to win Britpopish ish cash-in on the, on the back of Free as a Bird, followed by the Oasis kind of fandom. Uh, Flaming Pie released in 97, I think. The Lovely Young Boy was the lead-off single from that. And I think it's a fantastic album. I just, yeah, I got it on tape for my 13th birthday in 1997, oh. and I never looked back. I've still got the tape. It's such a wonderful album.
1: So thanks very much for listening this week. It's been good to have you along.
2: Yes, thank you. Thank you for letting me sandpaper your ears this week. No, I very you much you've done
1: so well. You've done really brilliant. We've
2: all thanks. done very all well. Done very yes.
1: well. Don't forget, you can listen to Juliet now and then.
2: Hey, <laughs> hey. hey,
1: on the radio.
2: I, you can. You can listen to me live, and then on Mixcloud, terence yes. is excellent isn't he i'm a very <laughs> big fan um uh smooth sailing on sunday evenings noise box radio 7 to 9 p.m you can also listen to lost to words on thursdays from 8 to 9 p.m and you can listen anytime at all which is also a beatles number you see what i did there on did. mixcloud.com yeah. and look for the the uh, noise cl- noise box radio channel
1: so, as you, as you said, as you highlighted, back to Paul McCartney and a lovely track from 1997.
2: I could have stuck a pin in Flaming Pie and picked any song of Flaming Pie to, to, to play it out with. I think it's wonderful. Um, I think this is the opening number from that album. And I think it it's, it's I yes, love the way that, that it's he starts the album. And not in a sort of a loud way that he could have done. I think If You Wanna is the second track on the album. That might have been a more obvious way to start an album. But I love the way that it starts quite gently and with real sort of twinkle and promise like George, uh, like uh, sorry, George McCartney. Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney. The secret well, that had- brother. Indeed, although I did once um, I did once go to a record shop, that reminds me, in Hastings, bless a second-hand record shop run by a very lovely man, and some of the labelling was occasionally a bit askew, and it was one of those ones where they had tabs in the records, so you could go to a sort of a tab of the records, and it did purport to be selling me records by Paul McCarthy, and yeah. I'm putting it on Facebook <laughs> at the time, someone's saying, that's wrong, where's George Michael? So, uh, so, well, that well, of is course, that Paul is...
1: McCartney's not his real name, of course.
2: Indeed, it's James Paul McCartney. Yes. You know, in the same way, something he has in common with James Gordon Brown—they both have the first name yeah. of James that so they do not go by in public life. Anyway, having bored you with that factoid, um, I love the way that this song starts starts off, Flaming Pie. I think it's a, such a strong melody as well. McCartney's got such an ear for a strong melody, which you can find yourself singing along by the end of a song, even if you've never heard it before. This is Paul McCartney from Flaming Pie. And this is the song we were singing
0: smoke a pipe and discuss all the vast intricacies of life we could draw through the night talk about a range of subjects anything you like oh yeah but we always came back to the song we were singing at any See the world through a glass and speculate about a cosmic solution To the sound, blue guitar, caught up in a philosophical discussion Oh yeah But we always came back to the song we were singing At any particular time And discuss all the vast intricacies of life Yeah, we could draw through the night Talk about a range of subjects, anything you like But we always came back to the song we were singing At any particular time Yeah, we always came back to the song we were singing at any particular time
3: Yeah, we always came by
0: Take a sip See the world through a glass and speculate about the cosmic solution To the sound, blue guitars, caught up in a philosophical discussion Oh yeah